You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out in Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. On the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline, now joining us for his weekly visit, the coach, Jack Thigpen. What up, bud? Good morning, guys. How are you? Everybody have a good weekend? Yeah, it's pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, Duncan Dogs had a, a great weekend. Uh, getting back on track at home, winning uh, two in a row. Let's start there. What were your biggest takeaways? The fact they held uh, Rice to a measly 54 points as they win two games, including that game against the Owls on Saturday. Right, they did. Well, you know, go back first game to Thursday night against North Texas. Uh, North Texas is a much improved basketball team. They really struggled last year, but they have a new coach in, and he's done a really good job and got a couple of new players in there. The thing that impressed me about that game was our two freshmen, Anthony DeRuji and uh, Amara Archibald. Those guys really stepped up. Anthony DeRuji ended up with 25 points. Archibald had 21. The only two guys in double figures Boykins, our senior, was struggling a little bit. He only had six points. Derek Jean only had two points. And, and uh, though, But those two freshmen, they, they really stepped up. And Anthony DeRuji is, man, he is a monster athlete. He can really jump. He can run. Uh, they told the story, I don't know if you heard it, uh, that when he was in high school, after his basketball season, he wanted to continue to play AAU basketball and that sort of stuff. And the track coach was wanting him to come out for track. And, and Anthony told him, said, Coach, said, I, I can't come to practice because I'm going to AAU practice. I want to keep playing basketball. He said, well, why don't you just show up for the meets? So he never practiced or anything. He just showed up for the meets. And then he was winning the high jump and the long jump and, you know, just, just winning all these events. Never practiced or anything. So he is a... He's a heck of an athlete, and both of those guys really stepped up, and, and I was real proud of what they did, and we ended up beating North Texas. Then we came back Saturday, played Rice, and it was more of a, a team effort. Um, Jacoby Borkins really got off to a great start, hit about three three-pointers early in the game and kind of propelled Tech to to get to that <coughs> excuse me, good start <coughs> excuse me, that they needed and, uh, and ended up with four guys in double figures led by Jacoby Borkins with 21. Uh, Jalen Washington came off the bench, had a super night at 13 points and seven rebounds. And again, Anthony DeRucci ended up with 10, and Amari Archibald ended up with 12. So, good team effort uh, to beat Rice on Saturday. So, it was a good weekend, won, won both ball games. And, you know, I, I really anticipated Tech to do that. I, Tech, people kind of was down on Tech because they'd only won one conference game, but you have to realize who they played. You know, they played Western Kentucky and Marshall and UAB and. Middle Tennessee all on the road in the first six ball games they played, and there's not many teams other than maybe those four that are going to go into those four places and win ball games. They just are really good, and and I just felt like Tech was a lot better than most of the rest of the teams in this conference, and and I think we'll find that to be true. Coach, making the jump from high school to college is never easy. What have you seen with these uh, freshmen? And you mentioned the two, but the entire freshman class, I think, scored, what, 51 of the 66 points that they scored on Thursday. Do you just sense uh, they're more getting more confident, more uh, you know, comfortable with their roles on the team? I think that's exactly right. You know, they are good players, but there is an adjustment, obviously. 
and it was good that they were not thrown in the fire right at the first of the season. They had an opportunity to come off the bench early, get some play in time. Now they're in the starting roles with some of the injuries and so forth, but they have had an opportunity to adjust a little bit to the, to the college game. You know, Archibald came in. He was a prolific scorer in high school and in Florida, but he was going to be a point guard in college. And during the early part of each season and practice and so forth, he was more concerned into fitting into a point guard role. And he was just passing the basketball, trying to facilitate, trying to handle the ball. Really wasn't looking to score. He had a lot of opportunities to score sometimes when he got in, but he wasn't looking to score because he was just trying to be that ultimate point guard. Now that he's gotten some more playing time, he's turned into an all-around player where he can score as well as handle the ball and uh, and assist and, and take care of the point guard position. But now he knows when he can score, when not to score. And you know he doesn't force shots, but he takes advantage of the times that he can score. And again, also Anthony Derucci, he 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 had played all inside when he was in high school. Coach has been kind of working with him on his three point shot and getting him. And so it's a little adjustment for him to play a little bit outside and inside. And uh, he's had an opportunity to adjust to that by some playing time early on. Now he's able to step into that starting role. And so I think that just the time that they've had, the playing experience that they've gotten early in the season, and, and they're super athletes. And those two guys are going to be some of the best that's played at Tech in the next few years. And as you mentioned, a rough stretch when they were on the road, 7 of 9. It eases up a little bit, the fact that they just played the two home games, picked up two wins. Now they get a week off before they play, take, a, take on Southern Miss on Saturday at home. What are you anticipating for that ball game? Well, I, I think we're going to have another good ball game. I really do. I think it's the, the week off just come at a good time. I think some of these guys need some rest. Jacoby Borkins got beat up pretty good in Thursday night. He got kneed and he got elbowed in the face. That big swole. His eye was all swollen on Thursday. And like I said, he got hurt. He got kneed in the, the leg. leg was hurting. So it's going to have an opportunity for him to kind of get back. Uh, Derek Jean's back has, has been bothering him for a while. He's continued to play. He has not been as effective. And I think a lot of it's because of his back problems, his leg, his leg problems. Rather, I said back, his leg problems. And that's maybe give him a chance to rest. Bracey has not played in the last few games because of back problems. And hopefully maybe this next week of, of continued rest will help him get better and maybe he'll be able to get some playing time in this next weekend. So, you know, I think it's coming at a good time. I think just rest and, and, of course, coaches working on things they need to work on when they do practice. And I think we'll be ready for th- Southern Miss come Saturday night. Uh, the beauty of Jack Thigpen, not only college basketball, but he loves his, himself some uh, high school hoops. Anything stand out to you over the last week? You know, I really have not had an opportunity to really watch much high school ball. I was on the trip when we went to Middle Tennessee and UAB last week and was gone, you know, most of the week. And then, of course, had the ball games at Tech this week. So really haven't had a lot of chance to watch high school basketball. I do keep up with it and go look at the scores and, of course, uh, and of course, Ravel again is still the the talk of the the round here is how good they are. But there's some other good teams around here too. Uh, Carroll stepping up and playing good basketball right now. They, I think they'll be a factor before this thing is over with in their classification. And of course, Terry Walter's doing a good job over St. Fred's. So you get a chance to watch him play a time or two. So they, you know, they, there's some good high school basketball out there. But to to say that one thing that I have that jumped out at me in the last week, I really have not had a chance to watch them much. Friday night, I know it's going to be a pretty special uh, reunion with your state championship squad. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Really am. Uh, that was the 19, uh, 
97-98 basketball team at Ruston High School, and you know they did a phenomenal job. They won 17 ball games before they lost a game, and then finally lost one. Ended up with 30 and three record on the year. Only lost three ball games. Really, only one of three Ruston High School teams in the history that have won 30 ball games. Uh, so that's really special. Won three tournaments. And ended up in the playoffs. Beat Lee High School out of Baton Rouge. Then we beat. Uh, no, we beat Lee High School. My wife's in here trying to tell me something. I'm trying to listen to her and talk to you at the same time. <laughs> I said, I may have said the wrong year. She said it was a 1988 team, 87 88 team. I might have said 90, 88 87. 80, I know where you're going, Coach. Getting fumbled up here. Uh, I know where you're going. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> anyway, we ended up in the playoffs, played, uh, played uh, Airline High School first round, then played Lee. Then went down to McKinley, uh, played them, and it actually played at a Struma High School, but we played McKinley, which is really a tough game, and ended up beating them. And McKinley was the top team in the Baton Rouge area. Then the semifinals played Shaw High School, who was the top Catholic school team in New Orleans. And then in the finals, ended up playing John McDonough, who was undefeated, had not lost a ball game when we played them in the finals. And they were the public school champ out of New Orleans, ended up winning that ball game. And you know, at that time, those newspapers around the state were ranking teams, and uh, this team ended up as the number one team by the Shreveport Times and the New Star World in North Louisiana. So I had a, had a great season, and uh, we're looking forward to having all the guys back together. Most of them are going to be able to be there Friday night at Ruston High School. We're going to have a little fish fry and uh, honor these guys. And, and it's open to the public. Anybody would like to come, they call Ruston High School, make their reservations within the next day or two, and should have a lot of fun. And uh, looking forward to seeing all of them. Uh, that is certainly a blast from the past. Do you have another memory that you want to share with us? Before we well, real quick, I heard you talking about the local guys in football. And, you know, one of the things that we we talk about a lot is the lack of local players playing now at Louisiana Tech and at, and at ULM. And, you know, and I think back, and, and this may be ancient history to some people, but to me it was not that far uh, in the past, in the early 80s and the 90s, when Tech was having outstanding basketball teams, some of the best they've ever had, they were basically all Louisiana players. And not only Louisiana players, the majority of them were North Louisiana players. Uh, we take the 83-84 and 84-85 seasons at Louisiana Tech, which were arguably the two of the best teams they've ever had. In 83-84, they were 26-7. and Went to the NCAA tournament, went to the second round. They lost to Houston. And then the next year, which basically had the same team, they were 29-3, and went to the NCAA tournament again, beat Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh first round, beat Ohio State the second round, lost to Oklahoma in overtime when a guy named Wayman Tisdale, who went on to play the NBA, made a shot right at the buzzer to beat Tech. If Tech had won that game, they would have been in the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. Both of those years, the starting lineup was Carl Malone from Summerfield, Rennie Bailey from Minden, Wayne Smith from Shreveport, Alan Davis from Washita High and Monroe, and Willie Simmons from New Orleans, an all-Louisiana starting lineup. Then the, the, some of those guys left. Tech reloaded with Randy White out of Shreveport, Wayne Smith out of Shreveport, Byron Newton from West Monroe, Britt Gilry from Lake Charles. I'm naming some of these guys that were playing. Then Kelvin Lewis from Arcadia. 
Eldon Bowman from Grambling. You know, Anthony Dade came along from Ruston High School. You had P.J. Brown from Winfield High School. Ron Ellis, whose son's playing at Ravel, he played at Ravel. Randy Mason, who played at Captain Shreve over in Shreveport. And then Willie Bland from New Orleans. Byron Newton from West Monroe. Those guys came in, and they ended up going in 1985-86 to the NIT Final Four in New York in Madison Square Garden. They beat Northern Arizona first round, and they played McNeese, actually, second round, beat them, and went to Providence, beat Providence to get to the Final Four at Madison Square Garden. They lost the first game there to Ohio State, but at that time they had a third-place game and beat Florida in the third-place game. And then in, in that, and that was in 85, 86, and 87, 88, they ended up in the NIT, lost to Connecticut. Then 88, 89, they ended up in the NCAA, beat, won the first round game, and then they ended up losing to Oklahoma. And so you've got these guys that are Louisiana players that were stacked at Louisiana Tech and have the best basketball seasons, arguably, that Tech's ever had with Louisiana players. You can say the same thing for ULM. We don't have time to get into all the ULM guys. Maybe next week we can talk about some of the local guys that played at ULM and what good teams they had. But, you know, it's a shame, and I don't know what the reason is, that why we can't get those Louisiana guys or produce the type of players in Louisiana, particularly North Louisiana, now that we did back then. And uh, it's always fun to go back and remember when we had Louisiana, North Louisiana players playing at Louisiana Tech and ULM and how successful they were. Jack, as always, we appreciate the time. Look forward to the reunion on Friday of the 87-88 squad. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Aaron. Appreciate it very much. The coach, Jack Thigpen. Uh, over the weekend, also the anniversary of the uh, game of this century between UCLA and Houston. Uh, you may remember Alvin Hayes from uh, Ravel, a huge part of, of course, Houston's big win against the Bruins. Now, Jake, you, you bust on my chops, but you're just looking at me like, huh? The game of the century. That was LSU Bama, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, d- real quick, Doug text in. Uh, just saw it. Jamar Chase put a top five list out the other day, and LSU wasn't on it, wasn't in it. Uh, that's not true. LSU still has heavy lean. Um, LSU still the, considered the favorite for Chase to be, um, for Chase to land at. 888-993-7762. We'll get to a number of the texts here in a minute. Coming up next, uh, Nick White joins us for his weekly visit. The Morning Drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive, all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. 
I'm Chris Walls, and I'm a truck driver from Missouri. For 13 hours a night, I sit in my truck and I drive. Out of boredom, I'll stop and eat. If I'm not doing fast food, I guarantee there's a bag of chips open on my dashboard. That was all until Andro 400. I started out four months ago, and since taking Andro 400, I have dropped 45 pounds. I'm sleeping better. There's no cravings. I actually don't even think about food. My knee pain went away. I've had some lower back issues, and I've noticed that that went away, and I can only contribute that to Andro 400. One thing that Andro 400 said on the radio ad does it attack belly fat well let me tell you it did the second month is where i saw a drastic change in the size of my stomach i've lost six inches this product really does work so guys if you'd like to experience similar results then get andro 400 the safe natural and inexpensive way to boost your testosterone go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435 888-400-0435 Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive in the all-new Sports Talk 97.7. Join us for his uh, weekly visit a little earlier this morning. Uh, Nick White, what up, bud? Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. What's going on? Are you out shopping for your uh, Eagles jersey this morning? <laughs> uh, not going not to not happen. Uh, no. Jake was bashing Tony Romo this morning also. Got a little too fired up. Sounded like a little uh, little eighth grader. Very excited during that game. I love it. Wow. Golly, somebody, somebody excited to do their job. Heaven forbid. I mean, man. The, the, sound, uh, the sound effects didn't wasn't too much for you, Nick. He's like trying to be John Madden. Everybody loved Madden, right? Whenever he did a boom. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, Berman was back last night doing, doing yeah. prime, prime time. I, I watched. Uh, hey, that's the first time I watched uh, really? NFL prime time this year. So uh, it brought me back in. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, um, I, I, I loved his. Uh, I loved his. Enthusiasm. I mean, just the, the passion, the excitement. Uh, I, I, t- tell me this, Aaron. How many how many times have we said this about Jim Nance? <laughs> He, he seems as excitable as his desk that I'm staring at right now. Hasn't Tony kind of brought out a little bit of life in, in Jim Nance this year? I yeah. think he has. Yeah. And a little bit of personality really, he, in him. And he didn't he didn't step on Nance too much in a, a pivotal part or a, a major uh, play in the game, like we've heard other co- color guys over the course of the last two weeks. Right, right. So, uh I look forward to uh, that. You know, they he gets another year of practice. He, he's got some work to do. There's no doubt. I mean, it, it, fresh off the field into the booth in the number one seat. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a little bit raw, but uh, yeah. uh, I thought he did a, a pretty good job uh, considering, and uh, I thought he brought some excitement. Uh, I just thought, you know, the the biggest thing is, you know, he he brought, um, you know, kind, kind of kind of almost like psychic abilities out there to the. To, to, to the games whenever you're watching them. And, uh, you know, he, he drew me in to watch more of the uh, the CBS AFC broadcast, that's for yeah. sure, and uh, I thought he did a, did a really nice job. Well, that's what it's all about. Uh, other takeaways, anything impress you besides Tom Brady just being Tom Brady? Well, and, I, and I, here, here's where I want to praise – here's where I want to praise Romo 
uh, as well. And I want to praise him because, you know, Blake Bortles has, you know, got kicked around all throughout the playoffs and even through the regular season. But here, here's where I thought Tony did a great job on that fourth down pass. He complimented Bortles and said he made a heck of a play. He did make a heck of a play. Gilmore just made an even better play. I mean, that was an unbelievable throw, but that was an unbelievable play that he made as well. And so I think oftentimes, uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of analysts would have, would have pointed the finger and said that was, you know, you know, a guy making, making a mistake or whatever. It was a fantastic throw, but it was a fantastic defensive play as well. You can have both happen in the same play. And so – um, I thought that was a takeaway in there. I thought the biggest takeaway in that game, in my opinion, was um, you, you got to play your game, guys. And I thought, you know, at the end of the first half, you got an opportunity in there. You kind of got a little momentum going, you, you, or you need to get a little momentum back after New England scores. You got 50 seconds. You got two timeouts. This Josh Lambeau dude is kicking the life out of the football. You got to go try to get some points because you're getting you're getting the football to start the second half as well. Um, I, I thought that was was a little bit of a mistake there because um, you know I, I think you're you're in that role right there where you, 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 you're in you're in that underdog role. You're on the road. You've got to lead in New England. You, you can't play it conservative. You got to go and just like Philly. Hey, give them credit, man. They you know they they didn't go off the jugular last night. They got on their throat. They crushed them. They stomped them. They spun on their neck. They did everything they could of the Vikings last night. Uh, they said the heck with it. We're, we're not taking any chances here. Uh, we saw how that thing happened last last week with, with them coming, you know, and, and winning that football game against the Saints. And uh, I think that's what you have to do if you're in that underdog role. You have to go and, and kind of stay aggressive and stay after them. And I thought that was uh, my biggest takeaway from, from that was uh, the end of the first half. I thought that was a, a pretty big uh, – kind of mental error there for an inexperienced football team. Yeah, with two timeouts, too. And then, in fact, you talked about the kicker just uh, was on fire. Uh, ESPN Stats and Info pointed out that was the first time this year that's actually happened when uh, another team took a knee with 55 seconds to go in the half. Well, there's certain uh, things that you can do in that situation. You, you run a play, you run a play or two, and if you say you don't get a whole lot, then you run the clock out, okay? But yeah. you got to at least try to see what you can get. Say Fournette breaks a run for – for 12 yards. All right, then you got something. Say you get a pass downfield. I mean, you got to at least try something. And then if it doesn't work, then then you try to take a knee. But I think you, you got to take a few chances right there in that situation. Uh, Sean in West Monroe, the low hanging fruit. He says uh, Romo should have been excited. He finally figured out a way to get to the conference championship game. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Nick, a uh, tough weekend for the Warhawks on the road. It started Thursday at Texas State, squaring off against the Bobcat squad that has really figured out in conference play how to win the tight games. On the opposite side, Warhawks still looking for that uh, recipe. Tough loss Thursday, then they go to UT Arlington and they run into a buzzsaw versus the Mavericks. What was your biggest takeaways from those two matchups? Well, I'll start with Thursday. And, um, you know, that, that game down there uh, in San Marcos could have gotten away uh, from them uh, in the second half. They got down uh, 14 points with about uh, 13 minutes to go in the ball game, And, um, you know, the Warhawks were able to, to get back in it. It was a strange ending uh, down there and in that um, – well, first, I want, I want to compliment. I thought they, they you know, they, they'd kind of gotten off to a good start in league play. And they had, you know, it's a big campus. Uh, you know, Dietrich hadn't been there in 20 years. But, 
you know, they've, they've got a lot of students there, and they had a pretty good student turnout. They kind of made really? an impact there uh, late in the ball. Yeah, they had, they had about 3,000 fans there at the, at the ball game, and a uh, pretty good student turnout, and they, they made a little impact there late uh, in the game. So I was pretty impressed with that. They did, you know, some promotions and, and takeaways and marketing and some things like that. So uh, I was well, pretty Nick, impressed with that. Well, Nick, Thursday's a big study night at the bar there in San Marcos, so I understand. Well, imagine, imagine they hit downtown. What What's the spot that, you know, was, was uh, hopping back in the day that you – you had your name signed above a urinal or something, you know. Yes. I mean, that, that's, that's your, your your hot spot. But, uh, you know, back to the game, uh, Warhawk got down by 14 in that game. And, you know, anytime you're on the road, uh, you just want to find a way to be in it at the final media timeout. And, and the Warhawks found a way to get back in it at the final media timeout. And then you, you go to the final minute, and it's a, a three-point ball game. And, you know, they're, they're battling back and forth. And uh, you go – Go down, uh, you know, Texas State has the ball uh, up three. Uh, Warhawks get a steal, and then on, on their end of the floor, they get get the pass up to uh, Sam McDaniel, and he's wide open on the left wing about 14 seconds. And he, he kind of, you know, for a senior, it was unfortunate. He kind of had a moment there where a little indecision there for a split second, do I shoot it or not? And he, he kind of went halfway up and, and then, you know, back down. That's a traveling violation all day long. So, you know, you get the turnover right there, 14 seconds remaining. But it, it's a one-in-one situation for Texas State. So 14 seconds left and, you know, obviously you're going to foul. And so the Warhawks do foul uh, Trey Nottingham. But then Nottingham commits a, a boneheaded error whenever the Warhawks foul him. He swings at Kier Dane. And, and – I thought he connected. I saw it immediately. I called it immediately. None of the officials saw it. Coach Richard had to say, go, go to the monitors, guys. You've got to see what just happened here. And, um, you know, sure enough, they went to the monitors, and, and they, they saw what happened. And uh, I thought it should have been an ejection, honestly. I mean, anytime you take a swing at somebody, sure, I mean, it, it was it was blatant. It was, you know, apparent. But, uh you know, nonetheless, uh, what what happened was Nottingham was able to go to his end of the floor, shoot a one and one with nobody on the block, and then they were going to come back. Warhawks would get they were he was charged with a technical foul, and so the Warhawks would shoot the technical free throws and then get the ball back. So they got a break there. Uh, Nottingham made his first, missed his second. Uh, Warhawks come back. They send the freshman Ertle to the line for the tech. He missed his first, made his second. So then. It's a four-point ball game, and, uh, you know, the Warhawks had their opportunities, uh, couldn't get a three-ball to go down, and Texas State able to run out the clock. So uh, they had their opportunities there, uh, couldn't capitalize on it. And then, um, you know, Saturday, uh, UTA, they're, they're such an up-and-down team this year. Um, you know, they, they've had some some puzzling losses. They've had some great wins. And so you really just don't know what you're going to get out of that basketball team, and, uh, you know, so, so you're sitting there saying, okay, can you go and play a good ball game? They popped them on the road, and uh, back and forth early, it was a close game, then they got hot at the end of the first half. UTA had a 15-point lead there at the end of the first half, and so, um, you know, say, okay, you're about to get blown out of the gym. Warhawks come out on an 11-0 run to start the second half, close the gap to four. All right, you're back in it. But then uh, streaky UTA uh, got going, and uh, Warhawks just couldn't couldn't find an answer for it late, and uh, they ended up running away with this thing. So, um, 
now now you kind of dug yourself a hole, uh, but you do come back, uh, and, and the schedule kind of turns for you now. You, you get you started out with five of your first seven on the road in league play. That's tough to do. Second consecutive year that's happened, and both years the Warhawks have gotten off to bad starts as a result of that. And so now you, you flip this thing around, and, and the schedule does kind of turn. So you get three straight at home now. You got the Alabama schools coming in this week. Then you got Lafayette, who uh, guys they're they're on a different level. I mean they're they're obliterating teams inside the league right now. So that's going to be an awfully big challenge next week. We'll, we'll deal with them uh, next week. But uh, this is a huge series. Uh, this, this Troy and South Alabama coming in this week. Uh, you know, I don't want to put any yes, ands, or buts about it. It's it's a big big uh, you know couple of games coming into Fant Ewing. Uh, this week for this ULM basketball team. And, uh, you know, we'll see how they, they put their nose to the grindstone and get back to work and see if they can uh, grind out a couple of wins and try to uh, see what they can do to turn this thing around. All right, Nick, appreciate it. We'll be listening uh, Thursday night versus Troy. Later. All right, guys, uh, appreciate it, and uh, have a good one. Troy and South Alabama, as he said, at home, the Raging Cajuns. I think every single conference game so far, they've won by double digits. They remain perfect in Sunbelt Conference play. Keith Richard will join us for his weekly visit on Wednesday. And Richie's still throwing barbs here. Says, not surprised with Nick's assessment on Tony Romo's work. When the only cowboy you can find in the playoffs is in the booth, you got to take what you can get. We got a number of texts to get to. We'll do that after the break. Plus, uh, more sound from Doug Peterson and Brady on the Patriots win and the Eagles. We got our Super Bowl matchup. That's coming up after the break. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Uh, I got a couple of texts here we need to get through. Sorry, uh, I dragged my feet over the last 45 minutes. Uh, one here, maybe Fox's ratings are better because they show more games on the app and CBS doesn't. Aaron, do you know what an app is? 
What kind of apps do you have on your phone? Uh, well, the fact is I don't have much memory on my phone, so it's like I had to erase a couple. I got a couple. Do you know your like password? I, do, I lost my password. That's been another so, problem. So you can't even get uh, apps? Uh, well, I have some. Uh, that happens. Jake, man. All right, go ahead and read that Panther fan. Panther fan says, while it's tempting to want to believe that the Patriots pay and cheat their way to the top due to their annoying success year in and year out with pretty boy Tom Brady and the robot that is Bill Belichick, the number of penalties is simply a product of a Belichick team that understands that it's all about the little things. Uh, wow. You, you read that it. one with a little gusto. When Steve texts in, you just kind of... Well, well Panther fan didn't insult me. <laughs> No ring cleaner. Ringo. No. no. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Sam says the knee injury the Parkway quarterback had, he may never play again. If he does, he most likely won't be near the player he was. Same trauma as Lattimore from South Carolina. NFS says Jags lost that game when they got content to trade field goals for touchdowns. Mm. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the two games and what we witnessed on uh, Sunday with uh, Philadelphia winning 38-7 to in a blowout, and then uh, the Pats and the Jags 24-20, to a thriller with New England, of course, coming back from behind down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. Who would have thunk it that that's the way it would have played out? Uh, you would have been a, thought it would have been flipped the other way. Pats win big, and, of course, we would have had a thriller with the Vikings and the Eagles. Quite frankly, the, after they scored to go up, what, 31-7, to I was tempted to turn away. In fact, I did. I recorded I did. 60 Minutes and actually went back and watched uh, some of that, the, the 50th anniversary of 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, I thought you meant you went back and watched the end of that game, and I'm going, why? <laughs> uh, no, it, it, it didn't play out at all how we thought it would. And, like, you can start with the Jags game, and for Vortles to start out 15 of 17, like – it, it, I just never even processed that, never thought that he would be – I thought that, you know, the game plan would be what, what it was, which was run the football, control the clock, and, and, and establish ball control, which is what they did for three quarters. And, and I thought they did it very well. But, like, I keep going back to that flea flicker uh, from Bortles, and we saw a lot of flea flickers yesterday, by the way. But the one in particular that I'm talking about where he had pressure – and was able to get out of the pocket and throw the football uh, for like a 10-yard gain, I thought that play right there showed you that, man, Blake Bortles had one of his best uh, performances ever. And it just it, – it was pretty I kept crazy. waiting for the moment. When does Blake Bortles have the Blake Bortles exactly. moment and sabotage? It's like uh, uh, Bill Simmons tweeted out. He said one quarterback has uh, 12 stitches in his hand. The other quarterback is Blake Bortles. Still no turnovers, which was pretty crazy. I mean, I, I kept waiting for that turnover to blow it from Bortles, and he just never did. And then it made for compelling television because the Jaguars were up on the road by, by two possessions. I guess the mighty Patriots, and then you just knew every time you gave the ball to Tom Brady, you just knew he was going to score in that fourth quarter. Real quickly, uh, Millennial over here, when's the last time you watched 60 Minutes? <laughs> it had to be like uh, my dad was watching it and I was in the room, <laughs> something like that. I don't horrible, horrible, what? man. got to be more well-rounded. Uh, dude, I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. What's wrong with 60 Minutes, man? It bores me. Oh. Nah, I can watch, uh, I watch more HBO stuff. Uh, when it comes to news, I just think they do it better. They capture the millennial uh, attention okay. better. Uh, Doug Peterson, an amazing run for him as the head coach. You look at the number of injuries that they've had this year. 
I mean, they went through the list during the game, and you forget about Darren Sproles in week three yeah. going down. I mean, that's a huge playmaker that they lost uh, among the other ones, including Carson Wentz. Uh, after the game, Peterson was asked about the season overall. You know, when we started way back in OTAs, you know, you kind of know or knew you, you might have a might have a, at least a good team, you know, uh, could compete for the NFC East. And um, as the season goes, you start losing some of your top players to injury and you know, you just kind of see the the fight in the guys, and they keep you know the resiliency in the guys, and um, then you lose another player a couple weeks later, and it just then you you know you know obviously you lose your quarterback here at the end, and um, the guys just keep keep battling, you know, and and, and for us to um, you know believe in one another and, and to be now in this spot, uh, I'm just so happy for those guys, and and uh, um, hats off to them. Mm. And he's done a magnificent job as the head coach in his second year. Yeah, to, to put it lightly, absolutely. Incredible job. And, you know, I thought Xavier Rhodes being injured, I thought that really affected yeah. that game too. I mean, he was out the whole second quarter. Well, when week. Terrence Newman is in there, yeah, yeah. we remember Terrence Newman oh, from the Cowboys. Oh, Lord, yes, yes. yes. Uh, Nick, Nick remembers him very well, I'm sure. I didn't want to get Nick agitated. That's why I didn't bring up Newman's <laughs> name. Newman. Yeah, Newman. <laughs> no, that was uh, that was huge, and I still go back to those two turnovers, the pick six, as well as uh, that that sack fumble where the game completely flipped. And then Nick Foles was brilliant. You know, uh, you can you can make excuses. You can say, well, Rhodes was was banged up all you want, but the fact is, he was cool and calm, and and what was a, a chaotic pocket uh, a lot of times. And to see a guy who didn't play the full year and uh, you know, just to be able to shape that like that and, and, and perform like that at that level in the AFC and the NFC championship game, incredible. Yeah, certainly was. Uh, Foles uh, completed over 75% of his passes. That's back-to-back postseason games he's done that. First-time quarterback has done that since Joe Montana. Here's Doug Peterson on the win versus the Vikings. We're going to the Super Bowl. We are going to the stinking Super Bowl, and, and that's all we need to know. And, uh, um I was just so proud of them for for the season so far. Um, we still have uh, some unfinished business, obviously, but uh, um, we're going to pack our bags and head to Minneapolis. Mm, nice. Uh, now a five and a half, six point underdog versus Philadelphia versus uh, New England. Yeah. Now you, you, there's a couple stats, and people are going to point out. You know, you got two quarterbacks. You got Foles with 22 regular season wins in his career. Going against Brady, who has 27 postseason victories. Yeah, yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, I I gotta ask you, if you look at this game, and, and well, let me ask a different question first. Do you do you think uh, most not most Saints fans? Do you think a lot of Saints fans didn't watch this NFC Championship game because it, of last week because it hurt so bad? I saw a couple of texts today yeah. that we didn't read. Some some saying that they didn't, didn't watch, watch the NFC Championship game, but um, I don't know. How I'll do be anxious to see the uh, ratings. They'll have it uh, broken down for each market, and typically uh, New Orleans is in, in the top six. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether or not uh, the New Orleans market was watching this game. I, I think uh, they probably won't be the ratings that we've seen in the past, but I think they'll still be in the top ten. Mm-hmm. And Steve said, says this, the Saturday winners in the previous week won yesterday, and they have done so historically. Does that mean anything? I thought about the same thing, and I also just – Kind of the emotion that Minnesota was on this week. Yeah. Yeah, man. Come on. Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Like, try coming back down to earth after that. Mm. You know what I mean? 
That that's always tough to, when you have an, an emotional win like that, and then to come back down. I just I still thought they were the better team. I, I still thought that they were the more complete team. But um, hats off to Philadelphia. I do think you do have an advantage. Uh, it is an extra day. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we get tired of hearing Nick Saban talk about the process, Bill Belichick in the process. Well, here's Tom Brady breaking down the process for the Patriots. You know, you cherish these moments and opportunities, and I know we've had quite a few of them, which we've been very blessed to do, and it's just been an unbelievable run. And I think everyone should be really proud of what we accomplished. This is a different team than last year's team, and, you know, it didn't look good at 2-2, two and two, and, you know, you just keep showing up to work every day, and we sit in these chairs, and Coach Belichick gets up here, and he demands a lot out of us, and he tries to get the most out of us every day, and it's not always great. You know, sometimes it's pretty average, and then, you know, you're just trying to get better and better, and get to the point where you can make, you know, the fourth quarter of a game and, you know, try to play well enough to get yourself into the next one. So um, just proud of our team, proud of what we accomplished. Pretty amazing. And uh, proud of this team, you know, great leadership. And um, it's just a, been a great year. Brock and West Monroe uh, couldn't watch the game. It was like uh, getting back with a girlfriend that cheated on you. <laughs> well said. Uh, How about the Pats and the Patriots doing what they did and, and losing Gronk there in the second quarter? Yeah. And had McDaniels, man, does he get the credit he deserves? He That was a, a great job by him of adjusting the game plan to fit that and able to still go on that fourth quarter comeback without Gronk. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, another one here. To make the Super Bowl more interesting, the Eagles should start with a 21 nothing lead. That would make it more exciting for viewers. I, couldn't, I agree with you. That would be good. And Randy points out the Patriots had a 12th man yesterday. Yeah. 12th man going back to the penalties uh, against uh, Jacksonville, the fact that they had six, and then uh, the Patriots only called for one penalty on the entire day. The difference, uh, 98 yards to 10 yards. The two pass interference calls versus Jacksonville, the one big one down the sidelines that set them up the 15-yard line. An amazing stat with Jacksonville's defense. Only five pass interference against them the entire year. And then they had two yesterday. Yeah. I'm just amazed at the five. I know. That's, that's awesome. But that that one on the sideline, I, I still can't get over that. Like, he, there's nothing else he could have done. That was executed brilliantly, and he still got flagged for it. And so I think that's just – got a lot of fans that are upset about this. You're going to have a lot of Philadelphia fans come to each. Yeah. 888-993-7762. Continue to hit us up. Coming up after the break, our parting shots on the morning drive. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the 
King of the Road Car King. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with warmer temperatures in the forecast for today with a high of 62 degrees. Mostly clear skies, not quite as cold tonight, a low 37. Plenty of sunshine in the forecast for tomorrow in a high of 59 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Before we get to our parting shots, got to ask you, Jake, you spent a couple days uh, in New Orleans. Best things that you had? To eat, uh, I had some uh, jambalaya from the gumbo shop. Uh, Amazing. All right. And I had etouffee from the Creole house. I think that was the best etouffee I've ever had. Wow. Which I was kind of shocked that it came from the Creole house. We wanted to try something called the... No shrimp and grits anywhere? No. I, I don't like mushrooms. Uh, and so a lot of people put mushrooms in it, so I'm always weary about. My wife got shrimp and grits uh, at a place that was good, but we wanted to try something called the Ru- uh, the Ruby Slipper. Yeah, then there. Have you heard? Times. It? Okay, oh, yeah. is it great? Yeah, we great. we walked uh, to eat there, and there were like 30 to 40 people outside waiting to get in. We're yeah, like, yeah, we'll, we'll eat something yeah. else. But yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed we didn't get to eat there. Huh. Real deal. So now he comes in and he says, I got to work out today. Oh man, I, and I'm changing my diet. I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm I'm tired of feeling. I'm tired all the time, and it's because I eat awful. I, you know, I, I had that thing where I would just eat awful, and I would just, oh, it's fine. I work out hard, I, I burn it off, it's fine. Still, just what you put in your body. I, I'm I'm tired of feeling like that, so I'm kind of changing up the diet today. All right. Yeah, I'm really feeling good. Uh, let's get to our parting shots. May God give you for every storm a rainbow. For the end zone for Cangelosi. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. Touchdown, Bulldogs. You've got to love it. For every tear a smile. Warhawks win. Golden Browning scores. For every care a promise. And when the game is over, you just make damn sure we're back in this locker room. Sizing ourselves for rings. You got that? Yes, sir. For every sigh a sweet song. And an answer for each prayer. Count! Count! Touchdown! I do not believe it! The Tigers pulled off another miracle! I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together. All right, you want to go first? Sure. All right. Uh, real quick, Rod, Ronnie says Ruby Slipper is outstanding. And uh, Colin says I'm with you on the diet. Mm. Let's all try to be a little healthier. All right, so my parting shot is this, Aaron. A lot of times... Uh, in our business, we get frustrated like like when you deal with the LHSA, right? Uh, that can be a frustrating process. But nothing that I've really encountered is as frustrating as what took place uh, with the UFC last Friday. And what happened was they did this press conference, okay? And their press conferences are different than the ones we go to because they're in they're live. They're in a um, they're live in like a stadium, in like a, a basketball arena. 
And so what, what it is, is you have press there, but then you have fans all around. Okay. So this is what's, what, what was weird. They were announcing two title fights and one of them being the lightweight championship fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov against uh, Tony Ferguson. Why is that significant? Well, Conor McGregor is the lightweight champion. And they announced that this was going to be for the lightweight championship. Okay, mm. how the fans react to that? Uh, they didn't really respond to to that. This is what's frustrating. So naturally, you you know, you give out a press release about it. You know, the media knows what's going on, and so the media gets there, and you know what they want to know: Is Conor McGregor stripped of the belt? Is he is he no longer the 155 champion? And so that's the first question. And Dana White, the UFC president refuses to answer it mm. he he says look this is you know I, I won't get into those details i won't say whether he's stripped or not uh so they say okay well what belt are these two men fighting for fair question the lightweight championship okay so does that mean that connor is stripped no i'm not getting into that and so that is one of the most frustrating things because you had media member after media member ask the same question like who who's the champion who's the current champion and, and so, uh, naturally, the fans then started booing the media members for asking the same question. But they're trying to find out whether or not Conor McGregor is stripped or not. And so, finally, Eric Hawani, he's the most recognizable MMA journalist. After other people have already asked, he gets up and he says, why won't you just say whether or not Conor is stripped? Mm. And Dana refuses to – Dana doesn't like him anyway. And so, he, he refuses to answer the question. And so, after all of that, Ariel gets on Twitter and just says – so I have one question: Who is the champion? And nobody could answer. And you know, people tried to simplify it, and it's it's not simple. What what he wants, I think, is for the winner of this between Tony and Khabib to be the champion, and then they didn't uh, strip Connor, and so now it's champion versus champion. You can bill it as that, but that's so ridiculous, and, and it's just. It's just one of those marketing ploys that I really despise, and, and it just it comes off as shady business to me. I thought you were going to say then the follow-up, uh, Dana White uh, revoked their credentials after the press conference. He's revoked Ariel's before. He kicked him out of a yeah. – and, and that was a big deal, and he actually got his credentials back because it was such a big deal. But anyway, I just uh, – it, it put into perspective of, yeah, sometimes we can get annoyed with the LHSA, but at least we don't have something like that. All right, what was the bigger mistake with uh, social media over the weekend? Oh, NFL. Uh, we don't even, <laughs> you don't no even know the second there's one no, yet. There's no uh, So the NFL puts out, uh, they're trying to promote uh, the Super Bowl, and they use a picture of Tom Brady and Case Keenum before the championship games. So you're like, who in their right mind would have done that? What intern was in charge of that and blew it and uh, should get a failing grade because of it? Well, I'm sorry I cut you off. What was your other option? Uh, Boston ABC affiliate uh, tweets out a photo following uh, the Patriots' win, a shot of uh, Aaron Hernandez yeah. playing Jacksonville. That was bad. That was bad. But <laughs> Bad? That is horrible. It's awful. Um, and the fact that you're a Boston affiliate, you got to know better. Listen. you got to know, man. Yeah, I don't care if you're in the sports or not. you got to know who that is. Yeah, listen. Somebody just behind the scenes saw a picture of Jacksonville, saw a picture of New England, said, let's roll with it. Yeah. 
dude, I don't care. I don't care who you are. You got to know that story, right? <laughs> that, that, that crosses over, right? That's not oh, just yeah. sports. You know, people got to know that story. And by the way, uh, over the weekend, I also did watch, uh, I think it was Saturday night's uh, version of 48 Hours. I'm sure you don't watch that show either. No. But you're missing out here. Is man. this like a CI? Uh, no, it's it's news. They they did a oh. whole 40, an hour special on Aaron Hernandez in the case. It was extremely well done. So over the next month, you need to at least watch 60 minutes once or 48 hours. That's or my HBO shows. <laughs> We're trying to get you more well-rounded, Jake. Oh, because we discuss news so much <laughs> on here. Tell me a Kevin Hart joke before we leave. <laughs> Uh, he's jacked up, man. He's one guy I'm probably taller than, too. Yeah, you're definitely <laughs> taller than him. Yeah. Uh, now we look forward to the uh, Super Bowl. If you haven't heard, uh, New England will go into this thing uh, five and a half, six-point favorites, just uh, going by which book you use. So now we get two weeks of uh, the Super Bowl hype leading into this thing, unless you're into the uh, Pro Bowl, which will be on Sunday. Oh, God. Who's into the Pro Bowl? I want to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> who says the Pro Bowl is this weekend yeah. and invites people Let's over. see TV. I think it kicks <laughs> off at 3 o'clock down in Orlando. Oh, there we go. There you go. Yeah, and I got to I gotta say, too, I asked you this earlier. I don't think you really answered me. Are you are you still excited for the Super Bowl? Yeah, it'll be fine. I mean, I, regardless, the New England angle doesn't bother me Even as if much Jacksonville as it. was in it, you'd be excited. For I would not be excited if Jacksonville was in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the New England b- angle really doesn't bother me that much because we're literally watching the GOAT. I mean, yeah, that's I, I'm okay with that. But on the opposite side, I like to have somebody – the Eagles just don't ooze excitement to me. And I know that was a brilliant performance, don't get me wrong. But they just don't – you know, at Nick Foles, I'm still not 100% sold, you know, that he can replicate that performance. What we need over the course of the next two weeks, either another injury with Tom Brady – <laughs> or perhaps Gronk doing just something stupid. Oh, well, that's a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah, that's a guarantee with Gronk. So, we need some kind of drama. We do. I, I You know, it's a Super Bowl you're going to watch regardless. But Steve points out, too, and uh, we didn't. We talked about this a little last week. Philadelphia was the first time, team since, uh, I believe, the Buccaneers in 79 to be underdogs at home in the divisional and in the conference championship games. Now, for the third straight week, they'll be the underdog in the Super Bowl. So, how did you do on your picks over the weekend? I don't remember. We'll have to go back and look. I went over four. I had a bet with Kevo. I had over twice. Uh, Kevo, we went straight up on uh, New England and Jacksonville. I was very excited about that. So, he's got to cook for me. He went Jacksonville straight up? Yeah. Kevo. Yeah. He was looking pretty good there he, for he three was, quarters. Yeah, I guess he looked smart for three quarters. Uh, we had fun today. Thanks for all the texts on the uh, Stuart Shelby State Farm text line. What do we got going on tomorrow? Uh, we've got – what do we have? we Aaron? got Gus Cattengill joining We've got us. Gus, yeah. And then we got uh, Eric Conkle joining us for his weekly visit at 8.30. Bulldogs with uh, two wins at home this week, uh, this past week, and then they'll be at home on Saturday versus Southern Miss. Sorry, I'm still trying to get back in the rhythm. You I know, understand. You take a couple of days off, you forget everything. You come back from New Orleans, you're a little foggy. A little That's groggy. right. That's right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back uh, bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.